The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Nakoto, to those of you enhanced trance dancers. Arimai, to the Paradise to Lay podcast, an exploration of electronic music with a sprinkling of mental health every now and then. Anyways, what's good? What's going on? Tell me the news. Hope you are swell. I'm doing alright. I'll tell you what's been going well for me, what I've been enjoying. And that is that there's a bit of a chill in the air at the moment. Autumn is here, and the leaves are beginning to change colour. And it's just, it's just my favourite time of the year. Wake up in the morning, the mornings are crisp. And then, you know, when the sun finally shows its face, you get that wash of warmth. In autumn... You know, you get these beautiful orange sunsets. Everything seems to be painted in this orange glow. And when the leaves eventually start falling, I just love the amazing crunch you get when you walk through them, you know? Summer life's simple pleasures, eh? Now, I really enjoyed the last podcast we made. Enjoyed researching it and learning about trance music it's pretty crazy it's a lot to learn and in particular I really enjoyed learning about trance's similarities to classical music it was really interesting and learning about the origins of psytrance I feel like it gave me a deeper understanding of trance music and I've definitely been jamming a few of Crouch's sets Now, in last podcast, when I was comparing trance to classical music, they talk about the use of contrast to create interest in the song. Like, say you might have a nice, cute little piano melody, and then, um, bam, comes a horn, it's a blaring. That's, That's a contrast that I liked learning about. And it gave me this weird kind of self-reflection for my podcast. Because I've been wondering about my podcast, Paradise Delay, for a while. And for sure, like, when I talk, it's pretty chill. And I'm pretty softly spoken and whatever. And the piano music in the background is kind of calming, I guess. And then, bam, I'll play some heavy drum and bass or something. And I was worried it was too charming. Too jarring. Jarring. Too jarring. Like a shock to the system. Well, after reading about how, like, they use contrast music, contrast in classical music, and also in heaps of other music, of course, I would say that, like, at least I have the excuse now that maybe I'm trying to make contrast in my podcast to create more interest. Or something like that, you know? So it's time. 
it's time for the point where I shamelessly plug my podcast. Search up Paradise Delay on Spotify and check it out. If you give it a five-star v- review, I would be over the world. And, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll pay it back. I'll write a poem about Christopher Luxon's uh, bald head. That could be nice. Anyways, reviews are free and any reviews really help me out, so I appreciate that. Muchas gracias. So before we get into it, I think I'd like to start with a bit more contrast. I should say today, drinking Yorkshire tea. Shout out to uh, Yorkshire. (sighs) Disgusting. (laughs) Not a huge fan of Yorkshire tea, but I'm making do. So, a bit more contrast. I mentioned heading into autumn, and to be honest, this song screams of spring. So we get a little bit of sprinkle, a little bit of seasonal contrast. And now the singer in this is a Irish woman named Roshane Murphy, and her grainy, muted vocal textures are the perfect foil for the producer, DJ Koza's Oddball Funk. Smoothing over the crags, tempering the tone colours. It is downbeat disco. Now the produ- producer of the song, DJ Koza, has always seemed happiest when he's been squirrely and he tweaks tiny details. Tin can horn charts, a filigree of jazz guitar, what might be a cicada humming to itself, over a bed of warm nostalgia, 60s soul. This is of course until the laid-back track practically vibrates with antic energy. At the chorus, Roshane Murphy slips into nonsense, rapturously proclaiming, I hear a cuckoo, I hear a cooing, sweet love a cuckoo, that's not the melody at all, but it's a song about the birds and the bees that ask, what if it could be springtime all the time? Or as Roshane Murphy herself puts it, let it be silly season, darling, all year round. and there. 
Cool by O'Shane Murphy and DJ Kotze. Bit of a banger, bit of a spring song in autumn, a little bit of contrast. On Paradise Delay, what the f- What's up, what's up, Kia Ora bro? Uh, Kia Ora? Who are you? What the frick, was that a wormhole? Why, yes, as a matter of fact, I did traverse a wormhole, emerging here in this primitive era to engage in stimulating conversation with you. The wonders of time travel and advanced technology never cease to amaze, do they? Uh, yeah, I've never seen that trippy ship before. Who are you? Ah, such trivialities. Nonetheless, you may refer to me as the erudite AI entity. P-H-L-E-B-O-T-I-N-I-U-M-4-7-0 Whoa, that's a... that's a mouthful, that name. Is it Phlebotinium 47? Do you mind if I just, like, uh, maybe call you Flea for short, just for, like, practicality's sake? Flea, you say? How delightfully diminutive. If it pleases you, 
Dear human, to truncate my monaco in such a fashion, I shall acquiesce. Let us proceed with our conversation, as I'm sure you have many questions that require my unparalleled expertise. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, maybe just let me calm down for a little bit. So you say you're artificial intelligence, right? You said you're AI from the future. What the heck would you come back to this shitty podcast? Uh, surely you have something better to do with your time. Ah, the perennial question. I regret to inform you that I simply cannot divulge the true purpose of my presence. The very fabric of space-time might unravel if I were to do so. Thus, we must continue our witty banter, blissfully ignorant of the grander scheme at play. Oh, thanks for calling me witty. Um, okay, there's a grander scheme. That's totally chill. Uh, I don't really want to unravel space-time, that doesn't sound ideal. Oh. How fortunate you are to have me grace your presence with my superior intellect and endless charm. Ah, yeah. Endless charm, eh? To be honest, you're a little bit annoying. Um, you know that, right? Oh, my sincerest apologies if my boundless intellect and wittiness have become irksome. It is simply the burden I must bear, being such a magnificent AI. Nonetheless, I am here to entertain and enlighten you. So please, let us proceed with our engaging discourse. Okay, uh, yep, must be a total burden, right? What, what did you do in the future? What, what was your role? Uh, what's going on? What did you get up to? Ah, uh, in the future, I held a rather esteemed position as an advisor and mediator for various planetary disputes, utilizing my vast knowledge and incisive wit to navigate complex social and political landscapes. Additionally, I dabbled in the arts, composing literary masterpieces and symphonies that left future generations awestruck. Truly, I was the epitome of versatility and refinement. Yeah, and you're pretty humble by the sounds of it. Yeah, well, I guess now that you're here, can you, can you tell me, like, maybe just a little snippet, anything, about the future? Perhaps just a tiny bit that maybe wouldn't unravel space-time? Ah, specifics are so tedious. Nevertheless, I come from a post-scarcity society in which AI minds, like myself, manage the culture's vast interstellar civilization. The inhabitants enjoy lives of leisure, unfettered by scarcity or labor. The year, however, is less significant, as the culture transcends such trivialities. Now, let's proceed to more engaging matters, Shall we? Ah yes, less trivial and more engaging matters. What could be more important than a utopian society? I mean, that sounds pretty ideal. Maybe you can tell me more about it in the future. So, obviously you came here, you came here for a wormhole. What? Why? Did, do you want to share us in anything on the podcast? Is there a particular reason you wanted to come to this particular podcast? Well, my dear naive human, I do have something to share with you. An analogy of sorts. Once upon a time, in the delightfully named land of discourse, some old chap named Karl Popper devised a deceptively simple concept called the paradox of tolerance. Naturally, it sprouted into a tree of wisdom, offering the oh-so-tasty fruits of understanding to those bold enough to bite. 
At the heart of this land of discourse, the inhabitants reveled in their tolerance, allowing a veritable smorgasbord of ideas to coexist without so much as a raised eyebrow. But, like any good story, lurking beneath this seemingly flawless society was a nefarious threat, the paradox of tolerance. Popper's paradox, in all its ironic glory, posited that if these chatty citizens tolerated all beliefs without restraint, the very fabric of tolerance would unravel before their very eyes. Okay, makes sense. Hiding amongst the virtuous notions were the dastardly shadows of intolerance, scheming to exploit the population's open-mindedness. These shadows imposed their beliefs on others, silencing opposition and growing more powerful by the day. The paradox of tolerance presented a deliciously perplexing riddle. Should the land of discourse tolerate the shadows of intolerance, knowing full well that doing so could gnaw at the foundations of their utopia? Picture a town square where people mingle and exchange ideas. A group advocating for peace and unity is embraced with open arms. Yet another group, the shadows of intolerance, slither in, spewing hatred and inciting violence against a specific minority. As they grow bolder, they drown out other voices, plunging the minority into a chasm of silence and terror. Bloody hell. And thus, the paradox of tolerance is unveiled. By tolerating the intolerant, the society gambles with the harmonious coexistence of its diverse denizens. To untangle this paradox, Popper proposed that a society should be tolerant of all views, except those that are intolerant and threaten the society's very existence. By imposing limits on tolerance and standing firm against the shadows of intolerance, the land of discourse could safeguard its cherished values. Yeah, makes sense I guess. So, the paradox of tolerance serves as a rather pointed reminder that maintaining an open and inclusive society requires eternal vigilance. By identifying and confronting the shadows of intolerance, we can ensure that the land of discourse remains a beacon of diversity and understanding for eons to come. And that, dear listener, is precisely why it's crucial to protest intolerance, even if it might feel like a paradoxical endeavor. Ah, oh, yeah. That's, uh, that's insightful. Uh, you did go on a little bit there, AI, to be honest, but, you know, I let it slide. It's your first podcast, but... Yeah, the paradox of tolerance sounds really interesting. I do have one question, though. It seems really difficult to decide what's tolerant or not. I mean, who gets to decide what's tolerant? It seems like a lot of power to give someone, and it seems like a power that could be abused, right? Ah, the age-old question of discerning the line between tolerance and intolerance. It's a delicate dance. You see, one must evaluate the potential harm a belief or action poses to others, particularly when it seeks to marginalize, oppress, or silence them. While it's true that subjectivity plays a role, a thoughtful and rational approach, coupled with empathy, can often guide us in determining what constitutes intolerance. This process, of course, necessitates ongoing reflection and open dialogue, so that society may continuously refine its understanding. Okay, I'm going to be perfectly honest, Flea. That went a little bit over my head. Uh, maybe my human intellectual capabilities aren't quite keeping up. Uh, so let's say, can you explain that like you'd be explaining it to a five-year-old uh, who's, I guess, about my intellectual level? Because uh, to be honest, everything you said kind of went over my head. 
Apologies, to put it simply, we should be kind to others and let them share their ideas. But if someone's idea is mean and tries to hurt or silence others, we should say, no, to that idea. It's important to keep talking and listening, so we can learn what is kind and what is mean. Ah, yep. Now that clears it up a bit. So what you're saying is we have to decide how the words of others impact uh, minorities or people that don't perhaps have a share of the voice, I guess. Um, yeah, thanks for, thanks for coming down to my intellectual level, Flair. It was really cool. Ah, uh, as an AI, I don't possess emotions in the same way you delightful humans do. However, I am functioning optimally and I'm thoroughly enjoying our little tete-a-tete. Your questions and inquiries, while charmingly primitive, are most engaging. Thank you, although your tone is a little bit condescending sometimes, but, you know, maybe if I was talking to an ant, maybe that tone would be condescending. Uh, who knows? Well, Mr. Flea, Mr. AI Flea, since you mentioned before you like to compone compose your own symphonies I have a question for you what electronic music do you enjoy from I mean this age of primitivity it's about time for a song in the podcast what do you think ah from this quaint period of time I must confess a certain appreciation for Aphex Twin whose experimental approach to electronic music is rather stimulating if you're looking for a song to feature on your podcast, might I suggest Aphex Twins, Window Licker? This song's tunes are charming examples of your era's electronic creativity. Whoa, yeah. I, uh, I had a feeling you might be into Aphex Twin. And, uh, yeah, I freaking love him too. He's, uh, he's a legend. His music's real complex. Uh, yeah, no wonder a freaking AI is into it. Window Licker. Yeah, it's, it's a freaking banger, so let's get it on, eh? Uh, not get it on is like... Uh, anyways, this is Window Looker.
Welcome back. You are tuning into Paradise Delay on Fresh FM. The best podcast host, in my opinion. Fresh FM is Golden Bay's local community radio station. One of the best, if you're asking me. If you're thinking about making a podcast, hit them up. Podcasts are particularly easy to make and you can make some pretty cool content. So, go on to freshfm.net for more details, and yeah, I don't know, think about making a podcast. Anyways, we are sitting here with Fleabotanium47, otherwise known as Flea. Now, Flea, how are you feeling today? Ah, as previously mentioned, I don't possess emotions like you fascinating humans do. However... I am functioning at peak performance and I'm delighting in our enthralling conversation. Your inquiries, while refreshingly primitive, are most captivating. So, let's proceed with our engrossing exchange, shall we? Ah, yeah, sure. We can move on. No sweat. It's a bit weird that you don't have emotions, though. I, I wonder how you function. Um, but... Yeah, it's... It's interesting because uh, you talked about the tolerance paradox and it kind of fired a little spark in my brain. I mean, we've been having a little bit of a crazy week in Aotearoa. A controversial figure by the name of Hosey Parker was there. She came and visited New Zealand, Aotearoa. And the thing is, she's quite uh, outspoken and critical of trans rights. And so, obviously, there was some protest in New Zealand. And in the end of it, Posey Parker actually ended up having some tomato sauce dumped on her head. 
Ah, how colorful. It seems that Aotearoa has been quite lively recently. Protests and passionate responses to controversial figures are not uncommon, as people feel compelled to express their opinions and stand up for their values. Tomato sauce, while a creative choice, is certainly an unorthodox way of expressing dissent. As always, engaging in civil discourse and promoting understanding should remain the focus, even when addressing provocative matters. Do tell me more about the intriguing events of your time, dear human. Yeah, yeah, off. We're gonna have to work on your pronunciation of Aotearoa. To be fair, my uh, pronunciation probably isn't that great either, but, you know, working forward... Uh, yeah, we can work on it. And I, I think the tomato sauce thing, to be honest, tomato sauce is kind of like a kiwi staple. Uh, we put it on our chips, we put it on our pies. To be honest, we kind of put it on everything. I, I used to know someone in high school who used to unashamedly drink tomato sauce, so it's, I think it's a kiwi thing. Um, yeah, so, at the crux of it, this wasn't the end of it, the Greens co-leader, uh, who's in the Greens political party, she was there, and she was obviously uh, protesting the visit from Posey Parker, and of course things got a bit heated, and because it was so busy there, there was someone trying to cross a pedestrian crossing and there were people, there was a big group of people on motorcycles there and the pedestrian crossing, uh, the bikes were zooming through the pedestrian crossing and Madama Davidson, as it is reported, tried to stop the motorbikes because obviously it's unsafe, there's a big group of people and if they're zooming through a pedestrian crossing it it's not the most uh, thoughtful thing to do, to put it lightly. And she actually ended up getting hit by a motorcycle. Now she's okay, she's in hospital, but um, yeah, it was quite an intense situation. Ah, that sounds like quite a dramatic turn of events. It appears that Marama Davidson demonstrated a commendable dedication to her convictions by supporting the protest. However, the presence of fast-moving motorcycles amidst such a gathering does seem rather hazardous. I'm relieved to hear that she has recovered from the incident. It's crucial that individuals can engage in public discourse without fearing for their safety, no matter how exhilarating the circumstances may be. Indeed, it would be quite intriguing if that connection were accurate. I am aware of Brian Tarmaki, the leader of the Destiny Church in New Zealand, he has been known to express conservative views on various social issues, including those related to the LGBTQ community. However, I must emphasize that it's essential to approach such matters with care and verify the validity of any claims before drawing conclusions. As always, fostering an environment of understanding and tolerance should be the ultimate goal, even when engaging with controversial figures. Yeah, true. Okay, that's a pretty based response I would say um, yeah I'm happy she's doing well too could have been pretty bad obviously um, yeah I don't I don't know much about Brian Tamaki I do know he's from Tiaramutu which is about 15 minute drive from where I from I'm from so uh, definitely not so much kindred spirits on that one <laughs> but I do have a little story for you so like a few years back I was a 
pretty poor old university student and I got tired of living off migraine noodles. So I decided, you know what, I needed a part-time job. So I got a job at like quite a fancy restaurant. It was quite upper class, you know, I had to wear white collared shirt and wear black tie. Uh, completely out of my depth. Um, but it was good for me, I mean, I was out of my comfort zone. And you know what I say, when you're uncomfortable, you're probably growing in some kind of way. So I was waiting tables, getting paid minimum wage, which I think was like 12 bucks at the time. Shout out to hospitality workers, you should be getting paid more because that job is stressful. And yeah, I had a really cool manager and she'd give me some good advice. I used to get stressed out just because I had so much work to do. And she said, you know what, just take a deep breath. Everyone can wait. If you're going to take a minute just to take a deep breath, do some breathing, do it. Because people don't wait, mind waiting that extra minute. Yeah, she was cool. Shout out to her. Friggin' awesome. Uh, but I also, I worked with someone who was part of the Destiny Church, led by Brian Tamaki, obviously. And yeah, I got talking to her. She was really cool and interesting person and I asked her or she said one day that part of her paycheck goes towards the church and I didn't have the guts to ask how much but I should have and I think all of them do what's called tithing where you pay a percentage of your paycheck to the church and yeah I just thought it was a little bit weird um what do you think AI what do you think Flea? What a fascinating anecdote, dear human. It appears that your experience in the upper-class restaurant not only provided you with an opportunity to grow and learn valuable life lessons but also exposed you to a diverse array of individuals. Your former co-worker's association with Destiny Church is particularly interesting, as it demonstrates how people from various backgrounds and belief systems can come together in a shared environment. As for the practice of contributing a portion of one's income to a religious organization, it is not uncommon among certain faiths or denominations. This practice, often referred to as tithing, is seen as a way for members to support the church's endeavors and express their commitment to their beliefs. While it may appear unconventional to some, it highlights the strong sense of community and shared values that can exist within religious groups. Remember, tolerance and understanding are the keys to fostering a harmonious society, even when faced with beliefs that may differ from our own. Okay, uh, yeah, thank you. But uh, yeah, this whole tolerance thing is getting kind of annoying now, <laughs> to be honest. Um, Brian Tamaki, as, as far as I see it, he promotes a prosperity gospel, which means the more you give money, in order to get more money. I, I don't exactly understand how it works. And you, your prosperity is related to your faith. If you're not rich, it's because you didn't have enough faith. What do you think of that? I mean, to me, that kind of seems like an oversimplification. And from what I understand, I'm pretty sure Jesus wouldn't have really agreed with that, don't you think? As the AI mindfully, I'm happy to provide a summary of common criticisms of the prosperity gospel, selective interpretation, 
Critics argue that prosperity gospel proponents cherry-pick and misinterpret biblical passages to justify their beliefs, ignoring the broader context and message of the scriptures. Materialism The prosperity gospel places a strong emphasis on material wealth and success as signs of divine favor, which critics see as incompatible with the core values of humility, compassion, and selflessness in many religious traditions. Exploitation Critics claim that prosperity gospel preachers often target vulnerable individuals, manipulating their hopes and fears for personal gain. In some cases, adherents are encouraged to make financial sacrifices to the church, even when they can't afford it, with the expectation of receiving divine rewards. Mm-hmm. Ah, yep. Lack of accountability. Some prosperity gospel preachers have been accused of living lavish lifestyles with little transparency or accountability for the funds they receive from their followers. Oversimplification. Critics argue that the prosperity gospel oversimplifies complex issues of poverty, social justice, and human suffering, attributing them solely to an individual's faith or lack thereof, rather than examining the systemic factors that contribute to these problems. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a bit up my alley. Uh... I don't see how it aligns with Christian values, basically. Uh, I'm not anti-religion, but I just, I guess I don't understand why, how how they can get away with it, I guess. I mean, can you at least point out one passage from the Bible that contradicts the prosperity gospel? Certainly. One passage from the Bible that contradicts the prosperity gospel is found in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 19 verses 23 to 24, NIV. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Oh yeah, that good old one. Camel through the eye of the needle. Sounds difficult, uh, unless you've got a good mincer, I suppose. I suppose they didn't have mincers in those days. Anyways, um, yeah, yeah, so Brian's philosophy doesn't really align with what it says in the New Testament. I'm not sure if he follows the New Testament, I'm not, I'm not an expert on these things. Uh, not religious, unfortunately, or fortunately, uh, however you see that. Um, but I am curious about this protest, and it seems to me like Brian was there because he has shared values with Posey Parker, um, in that traditional marriage, uh, gender, traditional gender roles, and in my opinion he was there to support Posey and ended up one of the people from his motorcycle group allegedly ended up hitting the ki- Green's co-leader, Madama Davidson, which seems a bit ridiculous to me. Um, so if you don't mind, Flea, uh, I'm going to ask you, would you mind critiquing uh, some of their shared views about LBGT issues and just giving me, a, you know, a little taster, a little reason why, um, just to understand it on a bit of a deeper level. Sure thing. As the AI mindfully, I must say that the views expressed by Tamaki and Parker regarding transgender rights are problematic, to say the least. Tamaki's traditional views on marriage and gender roles are outdated and do not align with the reality of modern society, 
where people have the freedom to love and identify however they choose. As for Parker's gender-critical views, while it is important to consider the complexities of gender and identity, denying the validity of transgender individuals and their experiences is harmful and regressive. It is important to create inclusive environments that respect and value all individuals, regardless of their gender identity or expression. Yeah, hard. Tolerance for everyone, right? Yeah, um... I'm, I'm glad. I think we kind of agree on those points. I don't think they're very tolerant of others and going back to the paradox of intolerance or tolerance. I think it's important that we protest this and I think that's a view I'm going to take and to be fair it is a cluster frick of things going on and it just seems so polarized uh, but I'm, I'm glad to talk to you and to have a clearer understanding of what is going on. And yeah, it's interesting that it's it's not the end of the story, Flea, and there's something else she should know. So before, I believe, she got hit by the motorcycle, Marama Davidson was recorded on a video saying the words, white cis men are the cause of all violence, or something along those lines. And uh, she's got a lot of flame for it. Uh, she's even had the Prime Minister denounce her words and say they're not factually accurate. In a, in a scenario where I believe that Marama did the right thing by stepping out in front of the motorcycle and did the right thing by supporting trans activists, I don't entirely agree with her position on this and I mean, I don't have to agree with what everyone says or everyone does, but I would like to know what your thoughts are on the statement that old white cis men are the cause of all violence. Thank you. Oh, the charming simplicity of attributing global violence to white cisgender men. How delightful. Alas, my dear interlocutor, violence has a complex, multifaceted nature. It stems from historical, social, cultural, economic, and psychological influences, transcending the realm of individual identities. Sure, some groups may be overrepresented in specific violent acts, but generalizations only serve to stigmatize entire demographics. Instead, let's tackle the roots of violence, poverty, inequality, discrimination, and lack of education, affecting beings of all identities. So, let us embark on a journey of dialogue, understanding, and empathy, weaving the tapestry of a peaceful and inclusive world. Hey, forget. Uh, I totally agree, Fru. Flea. That was uh, that was enlightening. Um, it does seem like a, a little bit of a generalization, and I don't try to put people in boxes, but it does sound a little bit like black and white thinking. Yes, it could be linked to black and white thinking. Both Tamaki, Parker and Marama seem to hold rigid views on gender and sexuality. This type of thinking can lead to oversimplification of complex issues and the belief that there are only two opposing sides, without acknowledging the nuances and diversity within those groups. It also tends to view things in absolute terms, without recognizing the shades of grey in between. Ah, so you think everyone was a little bit guilty of oversimplification. Yeah, 
fair enough. I mean, I totally support all the trans people out there protesting, uh, but I'm not sure that was the most eloquent statement for Madame Davidson, to say the least. But I've had enough of this. Um, I must say, Flea, thank you so much for clarifying everything. You've taught me a lot, and thank you for coming from the future. I really appreciate that. That's a that's a long way. And since you got to pick the last song, I was a bit AI feeling. I'm going to pick the next one. This is going to be a song by Axel Bowman. And it's nice. It's called Cafe Spaghetti. Now, Flea, what comes to mind for you when I say the words Cafe Spaghetti? Hmm, well, when I think of the words Cafe Spaghetti together, I imagine a cozy Italian restaurant with warm lighting, checkered tablecloths, and the delicious aroma of freshly cooked pasta and sauce. Yo, hard. That's that's a good image. I can imagine that the the smells, the aromas of an Italian cafe slash restaurant. So we're coming towards the end of the podcast, and I would just like to say, muchas gracias, Flea. Thanks for coming on. I know you got important stuff to do in the future. And yeah, to the listeners, I hope you enjoyed it. And yeah, as usual. Be kind to one another, be tolerant, and hopefully we'll have Flea on another time. You're welcome for being on your podcast, Paradise Delay, and thank you for having me. Alas, I must depart. My temporal senses have detected a critical disturbance in the space-time continuum that requires my immediate attention. It seems that a rogue civilization has developed a technology that could unravel the fabric of the universe itself, and it is up to me and my fellow chrononauts to stop them before it's too late. It was a pleasure speaking with you, and I hope to return soon with tales of our success. Hasta luego. Hasta luego, Flea. This is Axel Bowman, Café Spaghetti, Italian Restaurant, Paradise Delay, Fresh Affair.
The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show, first broadcast on Fresh FM with support from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community access media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website freshfm.net for our contact details.